right, so today I want to talk a little bit about uh, the beginnings of a movement that was a movement for renewal within Protestantism that has defined um, much of what we think of today as evangelicalism. Now, at the time of the Reformation, you have a number of different groups in different contexts deciding the church needed to be reformed, it needed to be changed. How exactly varied. So you have different traditions emerging. You know, we know about Lutheranism with Martin Luther, the Reformed tradition uh, coming out of Zwingli and uh, Calvin, and then there's also the more radical Anabaptist version that believed in believer's baptism, uh, ended up being peace churches, you know, following Jesus to such a degree that, that we're not going to, uh, you know, commit violence. And uh, all of these are emerging throughout Europe, uh, and especially within what was then the Holy Roman Empire. We think of it today as mostly Germany. Now, following all of these different movements emerging, there was a lot of turmoil with society. And in each nation, there were wars. So, for example, in France, we have what are known as the wars of religion. Uh, England had its civil war. And in the Holy Roman Empire, in Germany, you have what's known as the Thirty Years' War. That begins in 1618 and ends in 1648. And that period of time, that hundred years between when Luther nailed his 95 Theses to the Wittenberg church door and 1618, the beginning of the uh, Thirty Years' War, was a time where each one of these groups was making very solid what they thought. So, Lutheran orthodoxy defined what it meant to be Lutheran over against a Calvinist, over against an Anabaptist, over against a Roman Catholic. Uh, Calvinists defined what they believed over against Lutherans and Catholics and Anabaptists, etc., etc., etc. The other problem was each of these became located in states, which meant not only did you have very firmly held convictions, those firmly held convictions had armies. Now, when the societal tensions got so great that war does break out, it is the worst for sure in what is today Germany, what was then the Holy Roman Empire. And so you have, uh, because all of those groups were represented, so you have Catholics killing Lutherans and Catholics killing, you know, uh, Calvinists. You have Calvinists killing Lutherans, Calvinists killing Catholics, Lutherans killing Catholics, Lutherans killing Calvinists. And of course, everybody's killing Anabaptists because they don't fight back, right? So, by the end of the Thirty Years' War, fully one-third of the population of what was then uh, the Holy Roman Empire is wiped out. It was desolate. And the solution was not to resolve any of the theological issues, any of the issues about how we organize ourselves as churches. It was simply to tell people to go into their corners and stop fighting. And so, what was created was what's known as the Peace of Westphalia, which simply said, look, stop fighting. The religion of your prince, whoever is your governor of your territory, that's your religion. And if you can't live with it, you have a certain period of time where you can move. Now, so after this, uh, after 1648, what we have in, in Europe are these islands of church purity where everybody has to sign on the dotted line of a, of a confession. So if you're Lutheran, you sign on the dotted line of the Augsburg Confession. If you're Reformed, uh, it's the Heidelberg Confession or, or the Synod of Dort. 
Um, <coughs> and so everybody's signing on the bottom line of these confessions. They've got perfectly organized, you know, churches. But what people notice is people are still living unrighteous lives. The churches are, in one sense, pure, but even within these islands of uh, doctrinal purity, people are living like heathen, frankly. So, and certainly certain Protestant emphases, like justification by faith alone, could be twisted to antinomian or lawless ends, as it were. So in these groups, there emerged communities of people who saw that, that what had emerged after the Reformation was not the kind of societies that clearly Jesus had died for. And so they began to, to call for further reform. And these further reforms would not be to the structure of the church. It would not be to the doctrine per se. Instead, the further reform would be the implications of these doctrines in the life of the believer, that we actually needed to be changed. And these groups emerged probably earliest within Reformed communities up and down the Rhine River uh, in the Netherlands. They then moved into uh, Germany, into the Lutheran, but they spread out and were, there were examples in, within Anglicanism, uh, Reformed, Lutheran, even within uh, Anabaptist communities. Now, they weren't theological, but they had theological emphases. They distinguished between opinions and fundamentals. And they could re recognize genuine Christianity across boundaries of confession uh, within a broad understanding of what it meant to be a believer in Jesus Christ. They believed that in order to be a Christian, one needed to have a quasi-mystical experience of an encounter with Christ, a new birth. And even within Lutheran territories, an emphasis that that new birth had to bear fruit of holiness. That was a reintroduction of some of the theology of the work of the Holy Spirit within the Protestant Reformation. And this hope for what the Protestant for what the Holy Spirit could do within individuals also gave them hope for what the Holy Spirit could do in society. So you have this kind of hopeful eschatology, which is what blossomed forth into the first Protestant global missions, the first Protestant attempts to sort of reform society by establishing orphanages and schools and hospitals. And the key marker for these groups what you want to look for if you want to say, okay, here's where pietism has emerged, was the use of small groups for the cultivation of piety. These small groups that emerged in the Reformed Church, in the Lutheran Church, in the Anglican Church, in the decades before even John Wesley was born, are what set the foundation for a dramatic revival that would sweep all of Europe in the 18th century.